sneer. Get ready. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Play to Win podcast, where a show where we break down weekly gaming news through in-depth discussion. My name is Kieran, and I'm, of course, joined by my awesome co-host, Tyler. How's it going, man? It's it's going. It's been a long week. I took a day off from work yesterday because I was like, no, I need a break. Day off. It was nice and relaxing. But it's been a very long week. Um, and we have a very long episode ahead of us. So I'm not going to take up any more time. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We've got some uh, very meaty things to discuss. Uh, I'm not we... looking forward to this. I will say I'm not looking forward to this. It's going to be a good discussion. I'm not looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Maybe not so much the topics, but uh, where was I? Yes, uh, remember you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayToWinGame. Forgot the handle for a second. <laughs> uh, follow us there for updates on the show. Post when new episodes go live. Stuff. Follow us on places you'll you'll get stuff in regards to the show. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube so that you know when new videos go live. Take the notification bell. Thank you very much. Uh, so the topics for this episode are the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, which broke a couple of days ago, uh, troubles with Skull and Bones and Ubisoft Singapore, which also massive thing that happened this week, and we're uh, going to do a very brief recap of EA Play Live afterwards. Uh, but before that, we have some brief mentions, which I will get through very briefly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, first one: Square Enix accidentally leaked Neo: The World's End with you. Uh, early and then revoked it from those who got access to it. Uh, I didn't see anything regarding that. Um, yeah, that's the thing that happened. It's very funny. <laughs> if you if you got access to it and put your Switch in airplane mode, you were still good to play when they revoked <laughs> the access. But if your Switch was connected online, people were like mid-game. It was like, oh, wait, I can't play anymore. Mm. So Square got themselves to blame for that one. Uh, Tencent is set to buy Sumo Group, the owner of Sumo Digital, which who made Sackboy, Big Adventure, Crackdown 3, uh, The Chinese Room, who made Dear Esther, and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and others for $1.27 billion, which is a chunk of change. It's a chunk of change. Tencent out here just buying more companies. Um, another thing I didn't really see anything about, uh, behind the scenes of why Warcraft 3 Reforce ended up being so bad, which is a Bloomberg article. I, like I said, I didn't see anything of that. I don't know if you did, Tyler. Yeah, I read the whole thing. Um, it's... Honestly, I debated whether or not this should be a main news topic for today because it's a, it's a nice scoop expose article um, from Jason Schreier, of course. Um, and this was already planned to come out. This article was planned to come out before the lawsuit happened. This wasn't a thing like, mm. hey, the lawsuit, I also got another thing for you all. It's just like, this is already planned. Um, but yeah, it gives a nice behind the scenes on, you know, basically there was, there's a part of it that's like kind of egregious where it's like Blizzard knew the game was not good. It was going to be received very poorly, but they put it out anyway because they had already taken pre-orders and they didn't want to delay it and then have to give the money back or anything like that. Yeah. So that, that's just like one detail from that article. Um, like I said, it could be a main topic, but there's way too much for us to talk about this episode already as it yeah. is. So, and this will just add it on time. So I highly encourage anybody who has not read about this or not or has not heard about this to go to Bloomberg read this article is what I have here like what Kara said behind the scenes of why Warcraft 3 Reforged ended up so bad that's not the headline for the article but if you just type up Warcraft 3 Reforged um, Bloomberg you'll probably find it this came up like I think 
if not the same day as the lawsuit, maybe like a day or two after the lawsuit came out. Um, so yeah, it's fairly recent, fairly fresh. Yeah, I will have to go and read that. Uh, next, Ubisoft revealed Tom Clancy's X Defiant, which, as far as I understand it, is basically Tom Clancy Overwatch, kind of. Kind of, um, sort of. It's like a free-to-play yeah. multiplayer shooter type thing. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a game that exists. Yep. It's, it's a free-to-play game from Ubisoft, and I got no interest in it, really. It, honestly, it looks like for, uh, Ubisoft's version of Call of Duty. And that makes kind of, sense yeah. because one of the people behind the game worked on a Call of Duty. Yeah. Like it looks straight up like Call of Duty. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, it is coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Stadia, Luna, Ubisoft Connect. Uh, and the PC beta is planned for August 5th this year. Don't yep. think there was a release date given for the actual game. I don't um, believe so. Uh, I'm just going to say this one thing before we move on. I hate the name. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. It's dumb. It doesn't sound good. I, I'm not a fan of it either. It's just like, hey, we got spunkin' attitude over here. Yeah. And it's just, eh, doesn't vibe with me. Uh, Respawn, makers of Apex Legends, Jedi Fallen Order, Titanfall, are working on a new single-player IP. Yep. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, they Netflix... just put out, like, you know, different job listings and stuff, so. Yeah. There's that. Uh, something we talked about last week that we have a little more clarification on uh, Netflix is planning to step into games, starting with mobile games, and it will be added at no extra cost to Netflix subscriptions. No word on the apparent rumored PlayStation partnership yet, but that could come at some point down the line. Again, another story that could have been a main topic this week, but it yep. just can't do it. Nope. Uh, and our final brief mention is the Olympics opening ceremony featured music from different games, including Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Near Monster Hunter, Dragon Quest, Sonic, and more. Don't think there was any Nintendo games any nintendo music i i don't think so either like i looked at the list i didn't watch the opening ceremony but i woke up and no. saw people tweeting about it and i saw the yeah. list of songs and i was like this is dope honestly i'm not even gonna lie surprising that there yeah. weren't no nintendo songs but i like my heart was nice and warm that they used the olympus <laughs> songs from kingdom hearts for the olympics here i was just like yeah it's just so fitting watching everyone walk out to the olympus theme song from kingdom hearts i'm just like oh my heart that is going to conclude our brief mentions, uh, I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're going to move on. Going to move on to our main topics. Where we're going to do this is, to, I, to, honestly, to save one of us talking for way too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, Although we're still going to be both talking for way too <laughs> yeah. long. Uh, Tyler is going to start off uh, talking about the multitude of Blizzard things that happened this week, and then after that, I will do over the Ubisoft Singapore Skull and Bone stuff. So, Tyler. Over you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't heard, which if you haven't heard, maybe you either have actually I'm not I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, but if you <laughs> haven't heard, I don't know how you haven't heard. But Blizz Activision Blizzard has been sued. They are being sued by the state of California. Um, specifically, it is the Department of uh, Department of Free Employment and Housing. The Department of Free Employment and Housing of California is suing Activision Blizzard. Uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, Bloomberg Law, they first broke this news on Wednesday about the lawsuit. Uh, they have their own little article there that's like a brief summation of everything. 
and they have a link to the lawsuit over there as well. I'm sure any website that has talked about this at all has links to the lawsuit. So if you have not yeah. read the lawsuit and you are interested in reading the lawsuit, by all means, go ahead and read it. Um, it's a bit lengthy, it is, but it is very in detail, in depth. Um, when we talk about the lawsuit here, like we, like we both have the link to the lawsuit. I've read the entire lawsuit start to finish. Karen, have you read the lawsuit entirely? No, I've I've read our, I've read at least three or four articles on the whole situation, but I haven't read the entire lawsuit. Got it. So, um, so yeah, well, when we when we're talking about it here, like I'll I've gone through it and I've pulled out like I've done like a general overview and then have each of the things in segments like sections here and all. Um, so when we're talking about it, we'll be referring directly to the lawsuit and all. Um, and as a heads up, real quick content warning, because really it applies to the entire episode, but yep. for Blizzard specifically, but again, the entire episode, we will be talking about subjects of sexual harassment. Um, there, I, there might, I believe there are some brief mentions of rape. There is mentions of suicide in here, um, abuse, all type workplace abuse, those types of con those those types of topics will be talked about in this episode. Obviously, we will do our very best to handle them as sensitively and talk about them as sensitively and um, carefully as possible. Um, but if those topics are ones that you are not very comfortable hearing or talking about or listening to anything like that, by all means, don't have to listen to this episode. There are no hard feelings or anything like that. It's totally no. fine. But we want to give that heads up before we start getting into the meat of things. And then people are just taken aback and just like, whoa, didn't know this was going to happen here. And people end up, you know, reliving things that they didn't want to have to relive. So putting that warning out there right now before we get into things. Okay. So Activision is being sued. Uh, Activision did respond to the lawsuit with their own statement. Um, and basically, they deny the lawsuit and they put out a really lengthy statement i'm not reading the entire statement here um but i'm just gonna read select quotes from it and like basically what their loss what their statement is saying so they start off their statement saying quote we value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone there is no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind we take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims. In cases related to misconduct, action was taken to address the issue, end quote. They also claim in their statement that uh, the DFEH, Department of Fair Employment and Housing, um, they claim that the DFEH lawsuit includes, quote, distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past, end quote. And they also claim that, uh, Activision also claims that they have, quote, made significant changes to address company culture and reflect more diversity within our leadership teams, end quote. Now, how accurate that is? Probably very inaccurate based on everything that's here and also like other statements that people um, related to Blizzard and Activision have put out over the past couple of days. Um, so we this investigation was carried out over the course of two years and the company is specifically being sued for and I'm reading, this is a direct quote from the lawsuit. They're specifically being sued for, quote, claims of sex discrimination in terms of condition of employment, in terms and condition of employment, 
including compensation, assignment, promotion, constructive discharge, termination, unlawful sexual harassment, retaliation, failure to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, and unequal pay, end quote. That's everything they're being sued for. Before we get into this anymore, Karen, when you were hearing about these, this lawsuit happening, when you were reading the articles and stuff, what were you thinking? What, was, what were your thoughts and feelings and all? Uh, anger comes to mind for the first one. Um, like, as much as this didn't necessarily, this kind of overall topic, like some of the things that we'll talk about a little bit later on were definitely like a, a shock to read. Yes. But in terms of like the overall like culture at Blizzard, not terribly surprising considering what their past is, what, you know, we've heard about them previously didn't exactly come as a super shock to the system that this this come that this was coming out now that they're getting sued um uh, i will also very quickly say that if you are not a fan of swearing uh i would maybe not listen to this episode because i can't promise that i'm not going to swear during this episode <laughs> because some of this stuff in here genuinely is like disgusting beyond words yeah yeah um i when i heard about this when i first saw the headline they're being sued i was like wait whoa what and then um reading about the why and everything like you said i'm I'm not surprised in the sense of this is a thing happening at a gaming company in the game yeah. industry because um we we've we found we have come to find in the recent years that this is very behavior like this is very prevalent at many companies in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of of the mindset of assume that it happens at every company unless proven otherwise. Yeah. You get what I mean? Um, yeah. So from that perspective, not, not surprised that, oh man, it's another company. I think I was surprised that it was Blizzard because I mean, I didn't know really anything about Blizzard's past history in regards to any of this stuff. Um, so I was surprised, oh, wow, it's Blizzard slash Activision as well, that this is, you know, coming from that all this is coming to light about. And then the specifics about what we read in this lawsuit, like these real specific details in specific, um, situations and instances are just shocking. And as you said, disgusting to be quite honest. Um, so yeah, once again, before we get into, before we really start to get into this, Content warning again, we will talking about, as they said here in the, and what they're being sued for, uh, sexual harassment. Um, there is, there's topics of, uh, I believe rape, yes, rape does get brought up, suicide does get brought up, um, uh, all types of things like that. Again, last, just one more content warning before we really get into anything here. Okay. We are, yep. we're going to start talking about this now. <laughs> All right. So here's a general overview of the, of what the lawsuit covers. So the uh, Activision Blizzard has approximately 9,500 employees with about 20% of them being women. And I did the math that comes out to about 1,900 women. So 1,900 of the employees there are women. Uh, the top leadership at, at Activision Blizzard is exclusively white and male. Uh, the president and CEO roles are currently and always have been held by white males. 
The top roles are almost never given to women. Those who receive these roles receive less pay than their male counterparts. And the same treatment is given to women in non-executive roles throughout the company. Blizzard has, quote, according to the lawsuit, fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture, end quote. Women at the company deal with constant sexual harassment, including unwanted sexual comments and advances, being groped during cube crawls and work events. High-ranking male executives face no punishment or repercussions for their actions. Unfortunately, one woman committed suicide during a work trip following harassment she received at a work event and the harasser also bringing sexual items with him on this work trip. Complaints about this harassment, discrimination, and retaliation were made to HR at Blizzard and higher-ups, including Blizzard's president, J. Allen Brack, but nothing was done. Retaliation for complaints included being kept off projects, transferred to different departments, or being laid off. That's a very general top-level overview of the things going on at Blizzard um, and uh, what was discovered over the course of this two-year investigation that the DFEH did into the company. Um, Karen, do you have any thoughts before we get into the first section here specifically about like the first set of, uh, I don't want to say allegations, but you get what I mean? Like the first topic yeah. that we're going to get into in this lawsuit. Um, a couple. One, as much as I understand that like you can't, so, I mean, you say here that most, most, if not all of the upper level positions are held by white men. You can't just fire someone to make your company more diverse. Like you, you can't just go to someone and say like, okay, you don't have a job now because, you know, we, we need to make it look like we're making an effort. Right. But at the same time, it's not acceptable that that position has always been held by, especially the CEO and president has always been held by white men. It's not acceptable that in higher up roles, women are paid less than men. That it's against the law to pay somebody less for doing the same job. But it, again, I don't know if it's the exact same job. So that could be the argument for that, I suppose. But like, just it's 2021. Hire diverse people. It doesn't, the only thing that matters is your ability to do the job. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation, your, your ethnicity, your, your religious belief. It doesn't matter any of that. If you have the ability to do the job and do the job well, it doesn't matter, right? Secondly, and this was the one that I'm probably away to swear during, it is there is something fucking wrong with your company if a woman commits suicide on a work trip because of the culture in your workplace. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm sorry for it. Like, I know this is, you know, we try and keep this PG and we try and keep it, like, you know, accessible to all people. But when I read that, it was nothing is more disgusting to that or about that in my head in this entire lawsuit that a woman took her own life because of the, the work of the, the, I'm so angry right now that I'm struggling to form this, form this sentence, uh -huh. but it's, yeah, I, but before I go off on like a 10 minute tangent, it's <laughs> like I said, disgusting beyond belief. Fix your damn company. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like when it comes to the, the, the leadership positions and all the, it, 
it is surprising. I mean, I don't know exactly how long Blizzard has been around. Exactly. Like Blizzard itself, not Activision Blizzard, but Blizzard yeah. has um, been around. But the fact that there hasn't been a single person of color, a single woman in a leadership role at all, like that's that's shocking. That says a lot. That's, to be frank, quite sad. The yeah. same for the president and CEO roles that the, it's that it's always been and currently is held by a white guy. It's it's shocking. And it's like it's one of those things where I where yes, you want the best person to be in the position. And I'm not saying to just give a position to someone because you know you need to fill a yeah. quota or anything like that at all. What I'm what I'm saying is having someone who is not the standard, I guess you could say, of white guy or straight yeah. white guy, whatever, straight cis white guy, having someone who is not that standard in a leadership position will do wonders for your company. It it just yeah. would. It would do wonders. And I am so, so certain that there have been and currently are many people at Blizzard who are more than capable and deserving of a leadership mm -hmm. position or president slash CEO position at the company who would be able to bring a different perspective and necessary change to the company, whether it be, you know, the whether bringing uh, a woman's perspective a, a black person's perspective a hispanic person's an asian person's and so on and so forth what have you that perspective is necessary in order to in order to bring the change that companies really need in order to truly be inclusive and safe and open and welcoming to the people that work there in order to really live up to what they say they are and want to be you can't be that if everyone at the top level is you know all looking the same if everyone up there looks the same you know they're all white guys i'm, I'm assuming straight white guys but they're all yeah. white guys who who really encourage and enhance this frat boy culture it it's not a surprise then that everyone at your company, well, I'm not, I don't want to say everyone, but like, you know, that the women at your company are just treated so poorly. It's yeah. not a surprise. It's, it's honestly a shame. Um, so that, that needs to be fixed immediately. Like it just needs to be. Uh, uh, 30 Real years point. is how long Blizzard has been around. Okay. That's 30 years too long. Yep. 30 years too long with no change like that. All right. So the first section of the, um, once we get past like the introduction of the lawsuit, we then get into uh, where they start bringing, talking about the sex discrimination that uh, Blizzard, that the male employees at Blizzard kind of like, I guess you could say put on or enforce in the company. So like we said before, women at the company receive lower pay and less lucrative job assignments than the men at the company with women receiving significantly less in starting pay. And this like pay disparity continues all throughout their employment. So throughout the time that they're there, when they, from the time they start to the time they leave, they are consistently making less 
than the men at their company, even if they're in the same position doing the same exact work or in a higher position doing more work than someone. They're still making less money, which it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Karen, also, by the way, I have both my screen, both uh, Safari windows over open here, so I can't see your face. Okay. <laughs> so if you need, if you want to like jump in with a point, you know, just feel free to jump on in. Okay. Um, women also get less stock and incentive pay opportunities at the company, and they have to work harder and longer just to receive the same promotions or other opportunities as the men at the company. And there's, a, there's an example here that I wanted to pull from the lawsuit. Um, do you see the paragraph that I have marked? I do, yes. All right, so I'm going to read this paragraph here from the lawsuit. It says here, quote, women were steered into the lower levels of defendants, in this case, Blizzard, that's who they're referring to as defendant, uh, defendant's hierarchy, and often had to work harder and longer to earn equal promotional and other opportunities as their male counterparts. As an example, a female employee working for Blizzard Entertainment was assigned to a lower level role, denied equal pay, and subsequently sought a promotion because she had been carrying out duties exceeding her job description. She was repeatedly told it was not her turn and others deserved a promotion ahead of her. Ultimately, the employee was promoted after three years while her male counterpart was promoted within a year of his hire, despite having started several months after her. Her male counterpart was also assigned leadership responsibilities which she was not afforded, responsibilities which furthered the male employee's ability to get promoted. And that's just like an example of what, of what I mean here, where it's like, how, how is it that the women at your company are like, they're, they're, they're here for way longer. Like they, you, they start at the same time as someone else, but they have to work way longer and way harder just to receive the same promotion that someone else got at all. How is it that, you know, the men, the men at the company can get chances to do things that the women are not getting the chances to do, making it so that now the men have a better chance to get promoted because they're getting these opportunities that the other women at the company are not. It just doesn't make sense at all in any way, shape or form. You know, saying, oh, it's not your turn. Other people deserve a promotion ahead of you. When she, when she definitely deserves a promotion, she's been, as they say here, she's been carrying out her duties, exceeding her job description. She's doing more than what she's supposed to do, yet it's yep. not her turn to get a promotion. And if she doesn't deserve it, other people deserve it instead of her. That doesn't make any sense at all. Nope. Um, so then again, continuing on here, um, women also would be passed over for promotions um, in favor of men at the company who didn't have the same experience or qualifications, but were instead friends with the male leads of their unit. So I have another example here of that from the, uh, from the lawsuit here. It says here, quote, similarly, other female employees at Blizzard Entertainment were assigned to lower level roles, denied equal pay, and further delayed or passed over for promotions in favor of male counterparts who lacked the same experience or qualifications, but who were friends with the male head of the unit. A newly promoted male supervisor delegated his responsibilities to his now female subordinates in favor of playing Call of Duty. Other male supervisors would refuse to communicate with female employees, going to their male counterparts for information, end quote. I mean, 
what the heck? What what the heck? I I this it's this is simply just like straight up disappointing and just like disgusting. Although this isn't even like this isn't even the most disgusting thing that happened here at the company, but like you're you're giving a promotion to people who to people to people just because you know you guys are buddy buddy and now the guy you give a promotion to he's over here just sitting in his cubicle you know 360 no scoping people while he's telling his wife telling his uh the female workers at the company oh yeah go do this i'm gonna go play some games yeah the other male supervisors they don't want to talk to the women you know they're gonna they're they're gonna talk to the other guys for information because apparently they see the women as beneath them like this it i mean i've never been in a frat house but this sounds like what you would expect to see or hear from a frat house like it just it's it's just terrible it's disgusting and a similar situation happened over at activision publishing as well not just um at blizzard itself yeah um i'm not going to read that example here because it's basically the same thing it's very similar um you got anything to say before i move on to the next thing here just that I'm I'm gonna sound like a very broken record during this discussion in that it doesn't matter, you know, your sexual orientation, your religious belief, whatever. If you can do the job, if you can do the job, if you can exceed the job description, whatever. If you are the best person for the job, you are the person who should get the job. End of story. And then the down here, we, the next one we here have here how they discriminate against pregnant employees. And this is where things start to get really disgusting. Um, so example here in the lawsuit, say quote, female employees were also not promoted because of defendants discriminatory practices against pregnant female employees. A female employee working on one game team had assumed some of the responsibilities of a manager. But when she asked her male supervisor about being fairly paid for the work she was actually doing and promoted into that position, the manager commented that they could not risk promoting her as she might get pregnant and like being a mom too much. In general, female employees were further treated negatively due to their pregnancies. Supervisors ignored medical restrictions given to female employees and gave them negative evaluations while they were out on maternity leave. Other female employees reported that they were criticized for leaving to pick up their children from daycare while their male counterparts were playing video games and female employees were kicked out of lactation rooms so employees could use the room for meetings. I, I'm not sounding like a broken record because I don't understand, and I am, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to try my best to not, you know, totally break, uh, and just go off on a sailor <laughs> mouthfuel tangent, because <laughs> um, I would love to do that, but I'm sure I'm going to try not to do that. But I just. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to get to this next example real quick, to the final one we have here uh, about how they discriminate against employees at the company. Um, so they also, it goes further than that. It goes to even they discriminate, discriminate against women of color, specifically African-American women. One woman, one African-American woman took two years to become a permanent employee at the company after she was hired, unlike the men that were hired after her. She was also micromanaged so much so that she would get she would be getting calls from her supervisor when she was away from her desk just taking a walk while the men at the company could be playing games at their desks without intervention at all 
And then another African-American woman in the IT department was also micromanaged. She would ask, she one time asked for time off and was told to write a one page summary of how she would use that time, but no one else has to do this. And she also had her body language criticized and was scolded for asking for help. Of course, both women left the company after this and many other women at the company have also left because of just the amount of discrimination that they face just for being a woman. Now, real quick, before we, before I get like your, your overall thoughts on like this, the discrimination that the women at the company face, I, I want to say, I, I am, of course, obviously not a woman, nor am I an African-American woman, but there's a, um, there's a, I forgot who said it, but uh, it's not even necessarily a saying per se, but uh, there's a thing I forgot someone, some person in the African-American community said um, that I'm paraphrasing here, but basically the, the black woman, the African-American woman is the least respected person in America. It goes, the order goes white man, white woman, black man, black woman. And for years, you know, obviously the African American community, you know, deals with all types of discrimination and hate and racism on a daily basis, whether it be in gaming industry, outside, what have you, um, in the workplace, so on and so forth. Um, and in the gaming space, you know, African American women, they, they get all types of hate and racist remarks said to them and discrimination and so on and so forth on a daily basis, just for being who they are and speaking out against, you know, speaking out against racism when they see it or discrimination, so on and so forth, you know, just basically they, they get treated like they get treated like just real poorly just for just for being who they are. Um, so seeing this, reading this, it's just like, man, like, it's just, I don't want to say, uh, there's a phrase I had in my head that's not really, a, that's not like the right one to say, but basically like reading these two examples of just like how these two African-American women at the company were treated, be getting calls when you're away from your desk because you just went for a walk while other people, um, you know, just playing games being told that you have to write a one page summary of how you're gonna spend your time off from work. Just cause you wanna take a day off, I have to write a one page summary. Like it's when no one else has to do that. It's utterly disgusting. And it's, you know, it's, it's just an example of something that many African-American women, I'm sure women across the board, but specifically African-American women have, you know, said about the, their experiences over the years, not you know, just at, in many different workplaces, not just the gaming industry, but in the workplace in general, about how they're just treated so much worse and so much, so much more poorly than anyone else at the company that they're at. And it's honestly, it's really, it's like it's angering, it's frustrating, it's annoying, you know, seeing it, like hearing about it. And it's not that it's annoying hearing about like, oh man, it's another one. It's annoying hearing about it because it's like, why is nothing being done about it? Why is nothing being changed? Why are they still having to deal with this? Um, 
so getting these two examples here, it's you know, again, even more angering and frustrating. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure for many black women out there, this, <laughs> and I don't, let me not say that. I wouldn't be surprised if for many black women out there, this, you know, may not anger them or upset them all that much because they're so used to hearing about this and reading this. It was like, yeah, told you so about this, you know, is what it is. Um, but I'm sure there are some who are like angry and, and upset and frustrated by this, by reading this. It's just like, ah, like it, it, change needs to happen. It just, it just does. It just does. Simple as that. Um, do you have anything else to say about the discrimination section here? Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've seen a bunch of comments on Twitter saying like, oh, why is this still a thing? I thought we were moving past this, blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I've also seen, you know, a bunch of comments that I agree with far more where I'm like, well, why is it happening in the first place? Like, I, I just, I, I'm with you. I don't understand what, why, like, what is the point? Why, why does it matter if somebody is a black woman or a gay man or it doesn't matter and as, as much as i know that me saying something here on a podcast that isn't listened to by you know the ceo of blizzard or xbox or wherever like it still needs to be said like it doesn't matter i am i am so sick of seeing these stories not because i'm you know i mean like you said not because i'm like oh another one but it's just why is it a thing Sorry, that was the end of my point. Oh, sorry. I thought you said, why is a thing? I don't know. You said, why is it, why is no. it a thing? Got you. Also, again, I can't see you right now, so I didn't realize you <laughs> yeah. were done. Um, but no, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, actually, sorry. I, I will also add on that, you know, like you, like you are not a woman. I am not a person of color. I am also not a woman. So I'm probably the least experienced person to talk about this. Just pointing that out for, for people yeah yeah again like no one i guess this would be like the final this could be like the final bow on this section like you no one should be discriminated against because of who they are because of the color of their skin their sexual mm -hmm. orientation religion none of that they shouldn't be discriminated against because of that nope um everyone should be afforded the same opportunities that other people get no one should be left out of an opportunity because they're a woman or because they are an African-American woman or a person of color, what have you, that that shouldn't be the case. They should all be afforded the chance to be the lead game designer, the lead creative director, the lead art designer, freaking CEO, COO, <laughs> president, you know, CFO, all those things. They should all be afforded that opportunity. It shouldn't be this exclusive boys club for you know the trust fund white guys up there that you know have been bros since day one at all it shouldn't be like that and it at not just blizzard but any company period it just shouldn't be um so now i'm going to talk about the uh moving on to the sexual harassment section and this is where things get really bad um so again employees of the company have described working at blizzard as being like working at a frat house. Uh, there are things called cube crawls that are common, uh, which 
if I if I'm understanding correctly, I could have swore they like specified exactly what that is in here. Yeah. Um, I thought they did, but essentially, if I, what I'm understanding of it is, you know, the guy is just coming coming over to every woman's desk and just you know harassing them at their desk mm-hmm. when you know it, which is shouldn't be happening. But apparently, that's common, and it's also common for the men to just proudly come to work hungover as well. Um, and the men, while they're at work, they They'll play their game. They'll just play games during work and just talk openly about different sexual encounters that they've had. They'll talk openly about women's bodies and they'll just openly and proudly just make all types of different rape jokes. And the supervisors of the company know about this. They knew about this and they actively encourage this behavior. Um, I didn't put this example in here, but in the um, in the lawsuit, uh, they have an example of this being encouraged by the supervisors saying, "quote." Uh, a male supervisor openly encouraging a male subordinate to buy a prostitute to cure his bad mood, end quote. Like, seriously? Seriously, this is what we're talking about at work? This is what we're encouraging? We're encouraging this type of behavior in this environment? It. Anyway, moving on. Um, so one, one specific um, leadership position, leadership person at Blizzard was called out in this lawsuit. Um, Alex... Afrasiabi, I believe is how his name is pronounced. Um, He was a former senior creative director of World of Warcraft. He's not the company anymore, but he used to be. And he was allowed to sexually harass employees and he barely had got any repercussions at all. Uh, At BlizzCon, he would hit on female employees and say that he wanted to marry them. He would try and kiss them. He would put his arms around them and just call them all sorts of derogatory names. and like he would do this just in the open for anyone and everyone to see in front of male employees and supervisors. And it was these people who had to like physically intervene and take him off of the women that he was doing this to. And his behavior was like so notorious that his suite was nicknamed as the, um, the, lawsuit, the lawsuit says here, the Crosby suite um, named after Bill Crosby. That's what they have written here. It's likely a typo. It's likely likely meant to be Cosby Sweet Bill Cosby. I'm just reading exactly what it says out the lawsuit. Um, but Blizzard execs, they knew about his behavior and they didn't really do anything of consequence at all. Uh, but what he got was essentially like a slap on the wrist. Uh, I'll read here actually from, I didn't put this in the um, doc here, but I'll just read it from the lawsuit. Uh, what happened was, quote, J. Allen Brack, president of Blizzard Entertainment, allegedly had multiple conversations with Afrasiabi about his drinking and that he had been, quote, too friendly towards female employees at company events, but gave Afrasiabi a slap on the wrist, i.e. verbal counseling, in response to these instances, end quote. Okay, you're just going to verbal counseling, that's what we're going to do? Like, no, he... he 100% should have been fired entirely for what he did. But this is where we get to the really terrible thing. One woman committed suicide on a company trip because of harassment that she had been receiving from her male supervisor. On this trip, he brought different sexual items with him. And prior to the trip, at a holiday party, there were men at the company that were passing around explicit pictures of this woman's body. Karen, thoughts? 
I this genuinely pisses me off to no end. It is unacceptable that this woman took her own life because of things that were happening in the workplace to do with the male comma the male colleague harassing her. It is completely unacceptable that people on this work trip were passing around pictures of this woman's body. It is completely unacceptable that he brought sexual items on a fucking work trip. Yeah. It is... I... Again, before I go off on some, like, 10-minute rant on how just, just how just absolutely vile and revolting this is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end my, end my comment there, but I am, this, this is the part, this is the one part of the lawsuit that, that is genuinely like made me consider just until Blizzard like pick up their act and actually start to do stuff about this, just never play a Blizzard game again. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment or a bit later um, after we've gone through all this stuff. Um, please remind me if I don't mention that. Yeah. Um, but this, it's, I said it before. I believe I said it before, but I'll say it again. I don't understand how you can foster a culture like this and think mm -hmm. it's okay in any way, shape or form. And think that, it's fine for your employees to talk openly about women the way that they do at the company, to harass them the way that they do at the company, and think that just saying to them, don't do that, that's not fine, and, and just think that that's going to be okay as a punishment of sorts. That's not a punishment at all. That's barely a slap on the wrist. That's, that is literally just a talking to. As a talking to, it's saying, uh, you got caught this time. Hope you don't do it again. Like that's that's nothing. And it's it is utterly shameful that Blizzard has allowed this to go on for so long. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, of course, we don't know exactly how long all this type of behavior has been going on, but this investigation lasted for two years. And Karen, you said that we've known about stuff like this, not these specifics, but like. We've known about behavior at Blizzard for some time. Yeah. I don't know how long that time is, but it would not surprise me if this has been going on for at least half of Blizzard's existence. It wouldn't surprise me. And if that's the case, how could, how, how could anyone at the company in the higher ups say that it's okay? How could anyone look at their company and say, you just be real proud and be like, hmm, we got a good team here on our hands. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And I hate to say this, but like, would they just be okay if like one of their daughters or uh, exactly. female family members, someone that they know was at a company where they are dealing with this type of behavior? Would they just be like, ah, that's fine. Or would, I, I, I highly doubt it. I'm almost positive that then they'd be like, no, that's not okay. The company needs to burn to the ground. This person needs to be fired, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But under your, under your watch, at your own company, it's a-okay for you to do that. It's a-okay for your employees to do this to other people. It's fine to, um, to go up to a woman and make comments about her body to her face 
it's okay to try and bring a female to physically grab a female employee's hand and try to take her to your hotel room. It's okay to do these things. It's okay to come to work just openly making jokes about rape. None of this is okay in any way, shape, or form. It's not. It's, it's, again, I'm trying not to go off on a tangent, not a tangent, but just like let my mouth really fly. Because mm. believe me, it, it easily would. Um, but none of this is, it's, it's just, it's shameful. And again, that's just, I, it's, it's a broken record statement here, but like all of this is shameful and disgusting and terrible. And like everyone at that company that allows this to happen should be ashamed of themselves. Everyone at that company that allows this to happen should be fired. They should all be let go. They should, every, every single one of them that lets this happen, everyone in the top brass, everyone that's even not a top brass, that's just like, you know, a normal employee, but lets this happen or perpetuates it or engages in it should be fired immediately. When, just with full stop. I don't care if that causes, you know, your games to be delayed. I don't care if this had causes production issues. I don't care if you think that'll be too expensive to do. That's what needs to be done. They all need to be fired immediately. New people need to be brought in. Everyone, new people need to be brought in that clearly will not do this. I, I, I understand that would be very hard to, be, to clear, you know, in an interview. Yeah. Will you do this? No, I won't. Proceeds to do it two days later. I understand yeah. it's very hard to clear, but new people need to be brought in and the new people that are brought in need to be ones that... We need people in there in charge that will ensure that this type of culture is not allowed to grow and fester like a freaking disease at all in any way, shape or form. This again, this is why you need diverse people in charge. You can't just have a group of straight white guys in charge. You need women in charge. You need people of color in charge. You need all types of people in charge so that everyone can check one another and say, okay, is this area being taken care of? Is this area being taken care of? Is this perspective being taken care of? So on and so forth. Because if it's just a group, if it's just only white guys in charge, nine times out of 10, no one's going to care about whether or not the African-American employees are being treated fairly. Nine times out of 10, they're not going to care. Nine times out of 10, they're not going to care about whether or not the women at the company feel like they are being, well, not feel like, whether or not they are being harassed or abused. Nine times out of 10, they're, not, they're just not going to care whether or not anyone in their company that's LGBTQ is being harassed or anything like that. They're not going to care because they are not from that community. They, are not, they don't have that perspective, which is why you need these diverse people in charge. You need diversity in your company to make sure that, or at least to help ensure that situations like this and things like this don't happen. And it's utterly disgusting, everything that I've just read. And yeah, I'm gonna leave it right there and then move on to this final section here um, in the lawsuit where they talk about uh, 
how the company retaliate, how people in the company will retaliate against those who spoke out and made complaints and how they, how uh, Blizzard just failed to, you know, prevent any of these problems from happening. Um, so all these issues, everything that I just talked about, all the discrimination, all the harassment, all of it was known by the executives at the top. They knew about it. One employee complained to Blizzard's president, uh, Jay Allen Brack, in early 2019 that people were leaving the company because of the harassment and sexism that they were dealing with. And others complained to different people in HR, but really not much was done. Like basically nothing was done essentially. HR was just really not trusted or liked by the employees at Blizzard. So these complaints though, they weren't kept confidential, which is what they, they were supposed to be, but they weren't, which then led to retaliation against the employees who complained. What did this, what did this retaliation include? This included being involuntarily transferred to different departments. It, it's, this involved uh, being denied projects or other opportunities. And it also included being laid off. Some, some, people, some of the women were just straight up laid off because they complained about the way they were being treated at the company, which it, it, I just, I keep saying, I don't understand. I keep saying, I don't understand because I, as, as a sane person, I don't understand how you could treat other people like this. I just don't understand how you could. But the thing is, at the same time, I do understand how you can, you could, how you, I do understand how you can treat people like this. You treat people like this when you're just a terrible person. When you're a terrible person who doesn't care about others' well-being, who only cares about yourself and making sure that you're taken care of and that you're okay and that maybe your friends that you're buddy-buddy with are okay and you don't really give a lick of like attention or care to anyone else that is not the same as you, then that's the, this is how things like this happen. This is how we get Blizzard's frat boy, frat house work culture. This is how we just end up with a place where people are forced out of meeting room, out of room, lactation rooms, because, oh, we, we need to hold a meeting in here, get out. This is how you get women, African-American women, being told you need to write, give me a one page summary about what you're going to do during your break, during your day off. I'm not, you're not my parent. Why do I need to give you a one page yeah. summary? I'm not 10 years old. You're not my parent. I shouldn't have to do that at all. I, it, look, nothing here makes sense. This is how that, th that situation, this is how you end up with a company, with a culture that allows and fosters, uh, um, that fosters and allows a woman to straight up just commit suicide because of how she was treated. Like just passing pictures of her around at a party that shouldn't have, pictures shouldn't have been out there at all to begin with, but they, for, they certainly should not have been passed around at the party at all. It, it just, again, I don't understand how people can be so terrible to others. I just don't. Maybe that's me being so good hearted and all, but like, just, I don't, I don't get how you can be so disgusting, so cruel, so evil, so just malicious to treat others like this and to think it's okay. And to 
bring in other people that are have that do the same thing as you and say, yeah, we're going to do this today. It's okay. If we, if you all do this, we got you covered. Like it's not, none of it's okay. It's not, it's not at all. Um, so real, real quick, before I pass back over to you, Karen, just to, to find, get your final thoughts on things. Um, following this lawsuit coming out, that's, that's everything I'm going to read from the lawsuit. That's basically covering everything from the lawsuit. Um, following after the lawsuit came out, um, a number of different things happened. Like I said, Activision put out a statement. Um, Blizzard's president, Jay Allen Breck, he sent an email to Blizzard employees following the lawsuit. Um, if you follow Jason Schreier on Twitter, he has posted an image of the email that he got from someone. Um, I've read the email. I forgot exactly what it said specifically, but he sent an email. Um, Activision Blizzard executive Franz Townsend, she sends an email to Blizzard employees after the lawsuit as well. And no one is really happy with either of their emails. They see their emails as just being disingenuous and lies and not acceptable. Just like, I believe in Brack's email, he's saying, man, this is like, this isn't the culture that we want here. None of this is acceptable and stuff, but you knew about this. You knew about this. So what do you mean it's not acceptable? You knew about everything that happened. You're trying to cover yourself. You can't, you can't do that. And then Fran Townsend over here sending an email, uh, straight, um, also clarification. She's a, she is a straight white woman who just joined the company a couple months ago saying, oh, I've never had this experience in my time since I've been here at Activision Blizzard. And when I joined, I made sure that the company would never did stuff like this to women, but I wanna make sure that doesn't happen. Anyone, no one cares about you, Fran, shut up. No one cares. Your email is stupid. You sound stupid, go away, leave the room. Bungie has spoke out on Twitter, um, basically decrying what happened at Blizzard. They didn't name Blizzard by name, but decrying what happened there, basically calling on the industry to step it up. In World of Warcraft, players have been holding sit-in protests in the game, um, protesting what's going on. A number, well, actually, hold on, I'll come back to that one in a second. Um, Activision, uh, Blizzard's many different social media accounts, you know, for Call of Duty, um, for Diablo, Overwatch, so on and so forth. Um, and the development teams under, all under Activision as well. All the social media accounts have been silent since this lawsuit came out. Blizzard was apparently gonna reveal a new map um, this week, but that mm -hmm. reveal got pulled as soon as that lawsuit came out. Wise decision. And a number of smaller game sites have spoken out stating that they're not going to be covering any of Activision's games until clear change has been made at the company. Um, as of right now, as of recording, we big sites like GameSpot, IGN, Game Informer um, haven't made such statements it's i've seen it from smaller sites i think playstation lifestyle i saw on twitter did it um the gamer if i'm right said as much as well um more as many of the small places that have been making these statements yeah. and all um so this is when I, this is me coming back to what you said before karen about how you don't plan to play any Activision or blizzard game until there's basically clear-cut change from the company um, and it's something that I myself have been thinking about as well since, um, this lawsuit came out. And I mean, honestly, I'll probably do that as well because what, <laughs> oh, the only games I've ever played from them 
are what call of duty and overwatch really that's it and even overwatch is what every now and then game if i'm in the mood for it call of duty is one where i'm mean, yeah i play it every year the last one i didn't really care for this year's probably wasn't going to be playing anyway like honestly if you honestly i probably will not be playing any of their games at all either for a very long time like they they need to fix things and i believe mm-hmm. i fully believe that if a lot of people make their voices heard on this a lot major change could happen and i really think that if there's a if there is a major i don't know like I guess you could say like if there's a major change in terms of the reception and reception monetary money wise to this new Call of Duty coming out this year, then maybe we'll get that maybe we'll see that change happen. Because this is coming at a time where the next Call of Duty should be getting revealed within the next month. And it would be coming out in October, October, November-ish. This is like a really poor time for Activision in that sense, because Call of Duty is their moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And if Call of Duty gets hit hard, then maybe they'll actually, you know, yeah. see that a change needs to be made of some sort. You can't really hit them from the Blizzard angle because Blizzard's moneymaker is WoW, I guess. People have been falling off of WoW recently, in recent months. And it's not like Blizzard puts out games all the time. Other than that, there's Overwatch in terms of, uh, you know, the loot boxes and stuff. But other than that, it, it's a bit harder to hit Activision from the Blizzard angle. If you want to hit them hard, you got to hit them from the Call of Duty angle. Yeah. I think that if a lot of people don't buy this year's Call of Duty, or if they see, see at least see a significant drop in sales, because I mean, they already said they were expecting a drop in sales just because of what this year's game is supposed to be. If they see a bigger drop than what they expected because of this, maybe we'll get maybe we'll see the change that needs to happen. Maybe we will. So yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna be playing any of the games anytime soon. Yeah. Um I mean I I don't think we're gonna be spending much time on it, but I'll just I'll bring it up now. The one game I played this week is Overwatch, which ain't gonna be seeing that on my list anytime soon. Um but I, I, I have a few things just to kind of close out this. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate that there is something wrong with your company at a fundamental level if a mm-hmm. woman commits suicide on her work trip because of the culture at your company. That is unbelievably messed up. Yep. Two, and this, this, is, this might sound a little bad to start with, but let me explain. I am all for giving anyone a second chance, right? Uh-huh. excluding people who make rape jokes, people who foster this kind of environment, people who openly talk about, you know, racism or discrimination or, or whatever about that, right? These people don't need fired. They need locked up. The people who are going around, you know, making unwanted advances towards women, forcing themselves on these women. And sometimes I imagine this has happened before. I don't think it's mentioned here but I wouldn't put it past them considering the environment that people saying, oh, if you don't sleep with me, you'll lose your job. I would 100% imagine this stuff like that's happened. Like I say, people like that don't need fired. They need locked up. 
it's absolutely disgusting that that I don't know how your company gets this bad. Like, what I'm taking away from this lawsuit is that 90% of the people who are, well, that might be a little bit harsh, but a lot of people at Blizzard lack one very, very, very important thing, which is general fucking decency. Just the ability to be a decent human being and not an absolute piece of garbage. That is what I'm taking away from this lawsuit. That is the main reason I am refusing to play any Blizzard games. I was really looking forward to Diablo 2 Resurrected. Not so much now. Like, it is unfathomably disgusting that this is the culture that you actively encourage at your company. If I, as much as I'm not a business person, and as much as I'm, you know, not in a position to be, you know, a manager or a CEO or whatever, if I was the CEO of a company and I was walking through the office and I hear somebody like make a rape joke or a racist comment or anything, I would stop where I'm walking, look in the door and fire that person on the spot. Because in any company, in any company whatsoever, there is absolutely no room for that sort of stuff. Like I said before, it's 2021. We are, what, 50 years past when that was appropriate? It doesn't make sense. End of rant. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Like you said, they Also, need... hang on, no, sorry, I, I want to clarify something because I realized that something I just said could be taken, like, out of context. When I said that it's 50 years past being appropriate, it's never been appropriate, right? Like, I wasn't right. meaning that in a sense that, like, oh, yeah, 50 years ago, this was totally fine. But to the attitude of society towards this sort of thing 50 years ago, however long ago, was far more tolerant of it than it is now, Is was my meaning behind that point. And not, you know, it's completely fine to do this stuff, because it's not. Right. No, yeah, I, I got what you mean. Um, but, of course, the clarification is always good. Um. No, yeah, like you said, that the change needs to happen at fundamental level. And these happen, changes like this, company-wide culture changes, start at the top and work their way down. Everyone at the top needs to go. They straight up need mm -hmm. to go. It's as simple as that. And then working your way down, everyone that is poison to your company needs to go. Yep. They just do. Like I said before, basically freaking just, uh, what's, what's the word? And there's a certain word I'm looking for. Basically, you need to glass, and to take a halo term, you need to glass your company and rebuild it from the ground up. Just, it, it, you just do, you just do. It, and like, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people at Blizzard, you know, a lot of, male employees at blizzard who you know who don't who don't fit this bill who don't fit the you know the criteria of being a terrible person who are actually yeah. genuinely good people and all like we're so certain that there are a lot of people at the company who are good people who aren't you know one of these people who's harassing and discriminating and so on and so forth who doesn't feed into the frat boy culture we're, we're not trying to say that everyone all the men at blizzard are terrible men but 
the men at Blizzard need to do better just across the board, whether or not you are one of those people who's been harassing and discriminating. If you're a man at Blizzard, you need to speak out against what you're seeing. Yeah, some, and again, I'm sure that there are some who have not seen it at all. You know, I'm not gonna say that everyone there has seen it. I'm sure there are some that haven't seen it at all. But the ones who have, if you haven't said anything, why haven't you said anything? Is it because you were afraid of being fired by your superior? Is it because you were thinking someone else will say something I don't need to? Was it because you were thinking, oh man, that's, you know, that sucks, you know? And then you went up to the female employee after and said to her, man, I've, I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry that happened. But you didn't speak out against it in the moment or just, you know, go directly to someone else to speak out about it. If you're not doing, you know, if you are not trying to actively correct and fix these issues while you're there in the moment, then you're not doing enough. If you're not trying to fix these issues and you're a man at Blizzard, you are in effect allowing this stuff to happen and perpetuating and fueling the frat boy culture that is going on there. And you need to fix that immediately. You just do, you need to flip the switch and actually, you know, try and help. Actually do the right thing and making your company better. It's as simple as that. Everyone needs to do their part. And it, and it starts with those in the company. It starts with the, everyone just being uprooted, all the terrible people being uprooted and tossed to the side, tossed away. Mm -hmm. Get rid of them, bring in new people, bring in better people, put new, put new appropriate people in leadership positions. You put them in positions of, you know, put those people in leadership positions and then we see the changes come from them. We see it work its way down. It's, it's a shame that this is happening, especially because it's Activision Blizzard, one of, if not the biggest gaming company in the industry, yeah. which is what makes this all even worse because it just puts a shining light on, it puts a shining light, not just on the, on them, but on the gaming industry as a whole. And again, like we said before, like we're certain like this happens at other companies. We just don't hear about it. Yeah. Everyone's kind of assume everyone is terrible until proven otherwise. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of talking in circles at this point. Just Blizzard needs to do better. Blizzard needs to fix everything going on there. Get rid of everyone that's terrible and just, yeah, this is a shame. It's a shame and I'm upset. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have uh, just a, a couple more things I want to say. Like one, to your point of, you know, like kind of innocent until proven guilty or sorry, guilty until proven innocent, right? That like, I mean, with, you know, Bungie's statement or the, or Mike Morheim's statement or, I mean, to, like even JL and Bright's statement, it's like, it's all words. Like mm -hmm. you can't prove it. You like right. until like an investigation is done into somewhere like Bungie, where I, I read their statement earlier. I can't remember exactly no. what it said, but it, it was I along the line. Um, but it was along the lines of like, we're we foster a, a diverse and inclusive environment. I'm like, okay, have people in and prove that. Don't just say it. 
because you just saying it, I'm like, okay, I don't believe you. I don't like until you give me like until you give me some evidence, then it's your word against whoever's. It's just talk. It's just words. It's just PR speak. I, I do per- like in I do like in Bungie's statement how in one of their tweets when you in their thread, they they acknowledge they're like, we are also not claiming to be perfect over here at Bungie. Yeah. Like because they I'm I'm certain that you know there are things going on over at Bungie that some maybe mm-hmm. some of the higher ups don't know about or some things that people over there at Bungie just allow to happen. And you know, but they're not sitting here saying that they strive to be, um, you know, this perfect company and that they are a perfect company. They're yeah. saying like, we, we try, we are doing our best to be a perfect company. We acknowledge and we say here that we probably are not perfect and that there are probably issues going on here, Yeah, but we are doing our best. And I forgot Mike Morheim's statement. You know, he, he was the co-founder of Blizzard and former CEO. Yeah. Um, he put that statement out today, the day we're recording on Saturday. And he basically, he, okay, from my perspective, he took accountability for what happened while he was there and basically was saying that, I'm not reading it verbatim, but basically was saying that, you know, like to any of the women that experienced things like that, that while I was there, I'm sorry that, you know, I failed you. We, the company as a whole and myself should have done more to protect you all, make sure you all were safe, make sure you all felt welcomed and um, were able to just, you know, come here and do what you came here to do, which, you know, make great games and so on and so forth. And you all, some of you may not have been able to do that. Many of you may not be able to do that. And I am very sorry for that. And, you know, he's, in my eyes, it's a statement where it's like, good on you for actually stepping up and saying, this is on me. You know, if not entirely on me, like this is partially on me. I should have done more. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's only so much you could do now. You're no longer at the company, but it's something. It's a little something. Um, And it's way more than anything else that anyone from Blizzard or Activision has yeah. said since this lawsuit came out. Um, not obs- I'm not trying to say that it's a perfect apology or a perfect statement. I'm just saying that I think it's a, I think it's a good statement given what he's saying. What he did was the right yeah. thing to do. What he did. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, not all of these statements are going to be just talk, right? I mean, some of them are like, I, I think that people in that sort of limelight like CEOs of companies or celebrities or like when they issue an apology everyone's first statement first like thought is like oh you're just saying that to get people off your back but like some people will genuinely mean it right mm-hmm. so that, that kind of ends that point too I think an appropriate punishment for something like this would be obviously be fired that's like step one no question but two what i would like to see is an industry-wide blacklist of people's names get put on so that if you know somebody is openly making rape jokes or mm-hmm. sexually or sexually assaulting sexually harassing sexually misconduct or participating in sexual misconduct of any kind right your name gets put on that blacklist you are never hired by any industry or by any company in the video game industry again yeah. I, I think that definitely i think that is 
a very appropriate punishment because there is no room in the games industry for that. Like mm-hmm. it's, I, again, I, I keep saying this, but it's 2021. Just do better. No, yeah, I agree with that. Because what happens a lot, you know, they'll leave a company and then they start their own or they go to another company and then like it just kind of continues and goes yeah. from there. Oh, well, I also have one last thing. Uh, I, I just kind of to your point. What I think needs to happen is they, they need to burn the house down so they can rebuild. That's not Basically. like, yeah, I mean, not entirely. Keep, you know, some of the good people, some of the people who are genuinely decent human because i mean like we say we are very positive there are people at blizzard who are not you know just total pieces of garbage right like keep some of the good people starting you that's the only way you're really going to fix this basically and i think that is a nice way to put a bow on this um conversation yeah so with um with that being said we're still not out the woods on this negative news for this <laughs> week, unfortunately. We still got one more, two, yep. b- put into one. Um, so I'm going to pass this back over to you. We're going to f- go from Blizzard to Ubisoft back in the news for not so good reasons. Okay, my turn. Um, this week, there was kind of a deep dive article done by Kotaku. Uh, well, two really, but like Tyler said, we've kind of combined it into one. Uh, on Skull and Bones, which for those of you who are old enough to remember, is <laughs> Ubisoft's um, Think Black Flag without the story. <laughs> it's just sailing around. And like, it, it's kind of like Black Flag mixed with, mixed with Sea Thieves, as far as I understand it, um, was mm-hmm. like the premise for it, at least. Right. Um, so both of these articles were written by Ethan Ghosh. Ethan, oh. I believe it's Gatch. I, I say Gatch. Yeah. That's how I say his last name. Oh, that's an A. I put an O there because I'm an idiot. Um, anywho, off to a great start. Yes, uh, Ethan Gatch. Yes. So these both of these articles that I'm going to reference are written by Ethan Gatch at Kutaku. And also, like Tyler, I've broken this down into, because this is quite lengthy, I've broken it down into kind of sections. So we'll start off by talking a little bit of the background of Skull and Bones. Uh, Skull and Bones started development in 2013 as a multiplayer expansion to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, and it was going to be a post-launch update according to three sources knowledgeable with knowledge of the project's origins that Kotaku spoke to. Eventually, it became its own thing as an MMO-like spin-off with a working title Black Flag Infinite, reusing Infinite for... No, it's Infinite. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, then it became a new IP called Skull Modes. <laughs> pause real quick. Um, I forgot to tell you, everything I highlighted in yellow was stuff that was directly from the article. Okay. So stuff in yellow is what Ethan wrote. Uh, I didn't highlight the things that are obviously in quotes because obviously that is a quote that like, that's him quoting someone else. Yeah. The things that are in yellow are specifically what he said, like what he wrote. Gotcha. All right. I meant to tell you that before I forgot to. That's all right. So you, so, so for the, the things highlighted in yellow, you could say, uh, Ethan wrote here. And then go on. Uh, So Ethan wrote here, quote, uh, Skull and Bones was originally supposed to launch in late 2018, then sometime in 2019, then sometime after March 2020, then sometime before March 2022, and now it's due to come out before March 2023, end quote. That's a heck of a long 
That's a heck of a lot of delays. It it is, and who knows if this game comes out by then? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the next section I have is kind of troubles with development. Um, right. So Ethan wrote here, quote, uh, talking of your more than twenty current and former Ubisoft developers, as well as those with knowledge of the game, its trouble development and the studio leading production on it. Skull and Bones never had a clear creative vision behind it suffered from too many managers vying for power and was plagued by almost annual reboots and mini refreshes, end quote. The game has gone over its initial budget. Three sources say the project has now cost more than $120 million and continues to grow. Uh, again, Ethan wrote, quote, Ubisoft, confer Ubisoft confirmed to Kotaku that Skull and Bones just passed Alpha and provided the following brief statement, quote, the Skull and Bones team are proud of the work they've accomplished on the update since their last, sorry, on the project since their last update, with production just passing alpha, and are excited to share more details when the time is right. That being said, any unfounded speculation about the game or decisions being made only works to demoralize the team who are working very hard to develop an ambitious new franchise that lives up to the expectations of our players. End quote. I mean, this sounds like something that the thing that comes into mind is either vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 which is a game that has also seen quite a quite a number of delays and development setbacks right uh, or something like anthem which uh, i know it's mm -hmm. re it's referenced in the article um i can't remember if i put it in here or not i don't think i did but um one developer said that it was it, it reminded them of the situation with Anthem with the game launch broken and bad. Yeah, and like this, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. Like I, I mean, I've read the article as well. I've read this article and the other one, but um, I haven't read it since, what, beginning of the week when both these went up? Yeah. But um, no, yeah, like this, it just sounds exactly like what we hear from these big games that have incredibly lengthy and troubled developments, whether it be um anthem or um mass effect andromeda or mm -hmm. any other any of these other big games that have these trouble developments it's because of too many people trying to work on them too like no clear vision on what the game is going to be constantly being restarted over and over and over again going over budget not just so many issues and it just it's not it's kind of not a surprise that this is the case that that this is what happened with skull and bones at all yeah um i was going to say something that's completely gone up my head um i will move on to uh next section i have which is development changes which is um basically like the iterations of what this game was oh i remember what i was going to say it's a classic case of games being announced way too early because like it's like it kind of happened with cyberpunk it, it's definitely happened with vampire the masquerade it's definitely it definitely happened with anthem where the product you show off is not the product you are going to receive or even the product that that game is going to be you know six months after you show off or three months after you show off however long like mm -hmm. I, I i think we've kind of spoken of this before that like i I would be completely fine with games being announced and released like three months later if that's what it takes so that like, okay, when I see the game, I'm like, okay, I know this is what I'm going to get for the most part. Obviously, there will probably still be some changes. But like, if I know this is for the most part what I'm going to get, I know that, you know, I'm not going to have to 
like wait another four years for a game I'm super super excited for. Just I I am I'm getting a little sick of games being announced like four four or five years before they're released. Mm-hmm. And I I want to pull something from the article real quick because I remembered it. Um, we don't have it in the doc here. Uh, I'm I'm gonna read this thing here from Ethan. He says here. <laughs> I think this is actually a bit just like funny, I guess you could say. Funny or shocking or surprising. Where is it? I thought I just had it. Okay, yeah, here we go. Um, Talking about, again, this game and how it's been in development for so long and all. Um, One part talks about how like the game was like, had gone so over budget and stuff that that, like it basically became a financial write-off internally in order for the developers to have any way any type of chance of getting a payout because ubisoft developers get project-based bonuses based on how well their games do yeah um but there's a paragraph here i'm going to read from what ethan wrote here he says more generously because uh real quick prefacing this talking about how some of the developers said other companies would not have like other companies would have killed the game by now he says here more generously, another former developer said that Electronic Arts or Take-Two, for example, probably wouldn't have attempted it in the first place. Either way, Ubisoft has been big on the multiplayer pirate adventure and is determined to ship it one way or another. In part, that's because live service games have become an increasingly important and lucrative part of the Assassin's Creed publisher's portfolio. But three sources also told Kotaku that a deal with the Singapore government requires it. In addition to hiring a certain number of people at its Singapore studio, in exchange for generous subsidies, they said Ubisoft Singapore must also also launch an original brand new must also launch original brand new IPs in the next few years. So because that I I 100 believe if it was not for that deal with the Singapore government, this game would have mm-hmm. been dead already. Oh yeah, 100. Like 120 million dollars for a game that's been in development for what eight years now that has almost nothing to show for it. Like. And honestly, that, for a game that doesn't even look all that interesting or good, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it honestly, it doesn't make sense business-wise unless you unless you can't get out of doing it. Huh. Uh, yeah, so moving on to development changes. Uh, Skull and Bones has changed a lot. It's been set in the Caribbean and later the Indian Ocean. One version was inspired by Sid Meier's Pirates and played out in a fantastical world called Hyperborea with branching multiplayer, sorry, branching multiplayer campaigns that last weeks. Another was based around an elaborative floating base called Libertalia, which was inspired by the mythical pirate colony of the same name. Most of these ideas never made it past the prototyping phase. Uh, the game shifted to one, uh, sorry, the game shifted to one focused on multiplayer ship combat inspired by Rainbow Six Siege in 2017. This version was scrapped and shifted to one inspired by Rust and Ark Survival Evolved in 2019 to include resource management and rogue light elements. And focus shifted again in 2020, according to four current and former devs, and it's unclear what the final game will look like. Again, for a game that's been in development for eight years and it has no idea what the and the developers have no idea what the game is, that's really bad. That's yep. like I mean, like you said. The, the the deal with the Singaporean government is the only thing keeping this game alive. Basically, it, it just is. If it wasn't for that deal, this game would have been... I'm certain Ubisoft would have killed this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... I'm very... I Like, I don't, I don't think we really hear often 
about Ubisoft canceling games, but I think they would have on this one because it was supposed to be what a Black Flag expansion, but yeah. the Black Flag kind of the hype for that died out when this game shortly around the time this game got announced. This game yeah. got announced, it kind of was like, oh, okay, it might be a full game based around that. And then the following year, we saw it was just ship to ship combat, and everyone was like, well, that's not all that interesting, and no one cared about it anymore. So the hype for this game is gone. It has yeah. been gone. And it is on life support. And that Singapore government deal is the only reason it's still out still around. Yeah, like it's I don't like I mean, like I say, I, I, I don't want to say the game is gonna be bad because obviously like I haven't played it, I haven't seen it in whatever state it's gonna end up releasing in. So I don't know. But with the amount of development troubles, and I imagine Ubisoft like just wanting to get this game out now, uh-huh. I can't imagine it's going to be as good as they initially thought it was going to be. I mean, I never thought it looked good. The the, 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 oh, the no. cinematic announcement trailer seemed cool, promising. Then we got the gameplay, and I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't seem yeah. all that interesting at all. It just just that that's not that enticing or fun at all, in any way, shape, or form. And again, like you said, it could end up being good. But with all these issues with like well we haven't even gotten into all the real issues but with no. this constant shift in focus and like constantly t- changing our we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this it's like th- there was no way the game wasn't gonna end up like well there's there's very little way this game doesn't end up being a mess when it comes out if it no. ends up well not if it when it comes out it has to come out <laughs> yeah um one thing that i i don't think i put in here but i did see in the article was that the plan was to recycle as much of Black Flag yes. as possible for this game. Yep, which, as many of the assets as they could. Yeah, which, I mean, makes sense because it's a game heavily based on Black Flag. However, yep. isn't the best thing to hear as a, as a potential consumer of that game is it's going to be, you know, recycled content. I don't know. Uh, next uh, category I, I have I just called what went wrong because it's kind of it just lists most oh well a few of the problems with Skull and Bones so far uh, so the game has had multiple creative directors with each one bringing a new direction and leadership changes uh, from the article quote the project is now on its third creative director Elizabeth Pellin who was formerly a vice president of, or a vice president of editorial in Ubisoft's Paris office before her, it was Justin Farron, who had who said, who some said had great ideas, but looked at a clear but lacked a clear vision for the game that aligned with HQ's ambitions. For some reason, I can't read. <laughs> and before that, it was Sebastian Puel. Puel, I think Puel, right? A longtime Assassin's Creed producer from the Montreal office who had little experience in designing a multiplayer game. They said, "End quote." Uh, and another quote from a former developer saying, "Quote." It's a classic case of mismanagement for eight years. Instead of instead of adding layers of value, we kept running around in a loop, end quote. Uh, and then another quote from the article. Uh, Despite each new reboot, teams were tasked with building something based on blueprints that kept dramatically changing. In 2015, there were roughly 100 people working on Skull and Bones, according to three sources. By 2019, there were closer to 400. While some people Kotaku uh, spoke with said crunch was common in the lead up to E3 showcases or milestone reviews in Paris, others said it wasn't an issue at Ubisoft Singapore like it is at many other places. Instead, they said exhaustion and burnout came from working on the same project for months and years without ever seeing it meaningfully progress. And that quote, 
and go into another quote from the article from, I believe, a former developer saying, yes. quote, it's one of the only projects I've seen where as we were going, the team became more and more junior because of all the talent and all the experience would leave constantly. People would learn about the project, see how it works and everything around it, and then leave. It was constant, end quote. Which is really bad for development when all your once, well, I mean, especially senior developers leave. If, if you have right. a game, I'm not saying that if you have a game that's all junior developers, it's not going to be good or it's not going to be fun or whatever, but you know, you're like, you like the experience of people who have spent years in this industry and worked on most likely multiple games and can not only bring that experience to the table, but also bring that experience and help the, and help the junior employees who, you know, this might be their first job or they might not have worked in the industry for that long. The, right. the experience that people bring long-term is valuable in many ways and not just to the end product of the game, but, you know, to shaping people's careers as well. Right. Uh, I will also say that aren't there, how many people are working on 2042 Battlefield? Isn't that around 400? I don't know the exact number, but I know that um, EA has a bunch of different studios helping on that game. Yeah. Um, like For what this game is, 400 seems like a very excessive amount of people. Yeah, I mean, it, again, like they said, like the, the final person here said, well, actually, no, not them. Uh, where was it? It was, uh, here you go, the quote here where they said, instead of adding layers of value, we kept running around in a loop. You know, it was a classic case of mismanagement for eight years. Like, yeah, you're just keep throwing people at the problem to try and get a solution, but you're going to, you're just going to get more problems and all. Mm -hmm. you're going to have more voices on it and everything. And I... I forgot, I think it was in one of Jason Schreier's books. I believe it was. I think it was in his first book, um, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. So I have that book. Basically, it's a book talking about the different development problems and struggles at different um, teams and all as they worked on certain games. And I think it was in that book. If not, it was in some article I read um, where uh, it was kind of said that whenever more team whenever teams brought more people onto the game onto a game it just made development take longer and made things harder mm -hmm. because then you had to teach the new people what you were working on yeah. and get them accustomed to what you all are doing and stuff making having the team grow you know to 400 people for this game not to say that it's not necessary maybe it is but yeah. like it just seems excessive for this game like you said and again here the teams were being we're constantly building something based on blueprints that were already changing like it just seems like we're throwing things at a problem that's constantly changing and we're not getting a solution at all and i mean thankfully crunch isn't a problem here but like at, it's understandable at a point people are like i don't care i'm tired of this i want yeah. something different and they're just like they're out it's like they, they, nothing is changing. We're stuck in the same spot. You know, we're running on a treadmill, essentially, not getting anywhere. I'm tired of this and I want to go. Yeah. I mean, just as this popped into my head, that might, you know, as, as, a, as an example of what I understand, it's like, it's like if, if, you, if you're baking a cake, for example, right? And you're baking the cake by yourself and right. then someone comes along and says, oh, I want to help with that. You have to explain to them everything you've done so far or say, okay, these are the next steps we need to take and explain and take time out of, you know, it might take 10 minutes, might take an hour 
explain uh-huh. to them, you know, this is what needs done. This is what we're doing. Right. But then you have like a new head chef come in and say, oh, actually, I don't want to bake that Victoria sponge. We're going to make a red velvet cake instead. So you have to restart the entire pro. Like it's, that's not a good way for that. That's not a good attitude toward ge- towards game development. Like right. as, as, as much as I understand that, like if somebody new comes in to head up the project, they're not just going to go, yeah, I agree with everything the previous version of me de- uh, decided to do. Right. But at the same time, it's like to a, there has to be a point where like if I'm Ubisoft, I'm like, you know, as, as much as I know we need this game to come out, we need to hang on to to people in this leadership role because we can't afford like if this game like continues in the way it is, then it's just going to be stuck in this endless development loop that is going to bankrupt you bankrupt Ubisoft. Yeah, this this game is a stuck between a rock and a hard place and when we hear about the development situation over there like the culture at ubisoft singapore it kind of helps feed into the why kind of helps explain certain things Uh, and that is a beautiful segue into my next section which is ubisoft singapore that's why i did it that's why (laughs) i did it so uh where is it uh former developer uh saying quote Ubisoft Singapore has always been kind of known internally to be one of the worst Ubisoft studios in terms of culture. People would visit from other studios and be like, what the fuck is going on here? End quote. I've already swore like a million times during this episode, so screw it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then Ethan writing in the article, quote, in 2008, when Ubisoft first established its base of operations in Singapore, the local government made a deal that the studio would hire local developers in exchange for generous subsidies. This would encourage Ubisoft to train up local talent with the goal that these developers taking the, with the goal of those developers taking the reins of the growing studios. Years later, some say that hasn't quite happened. Ubisoft soaked up the government subsidies while not paying some local junior developers enough money to move out of their parents' homes. End quote. Starting another quote from a former developer, quote, they had 10 years to integrate. They just uh, they just value the face of the company more than the actual employees, uh, another former Ubisoft worker said. Uh, and then another quote from Ethan in the article, quote, based on interviews with over 20 current and former employees of Ubisoft Singapore, there was no shortage of issues ranging from sexual harassment and racial pay disparities to bullying by manager, end quote. Uh, before I move on, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about this little section because this is quite lengthy. Um, I mean, this it it's gonna start feeding into a lot of the stuff that I said about the Blizzard stuff because some of the same stuff applies here. I will yeah. say the Blizzard stuff is much worse. I'm not trying to take away from that fact, but some of the same kind of goings on in that lawsuit at Blizzard are also happening here, which were brought to light. I say I think I I wrote this down a little bit further on a Gamma Sutra article last year, and um, was mm-hmm. kind of the the thing that kind of brought all this stuff to light. Right. Um. So what what are your initial thoughts on on this section so far? Um for the Ubisoft Singapore stuff specifically? Yes. I mean, again, when so so far it's a thing where it's just like man, you guys just you guys suck. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, that that is honestly my overall thoughts on the entire article because I read this one as well. Yeah. But um at this point, because I mean, what part are we at? Uh, yeah, we're at, we're just at this point right here. 
and it's just it's a thing where it's like man you guys you what what is going on there what 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 is happening why are things the way they are and then once we get into why things are the way they are it's just like man you why why just why 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 i hate i hate asking that question over and over and over again because i sound like a broken record like i have nothing else to say of like substance or whatever but honestly all i can ask is why why are you the way you are why do you do the things that you do why are why is this like just seen as acceptable by you this person causing these problems you will say the person's name in a second but why what yeah just why Yeah, no, like it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, like, it's, like I have an entire section dedicated to the guy I'm aware mentioned because some of the stuff is just awful. But yeah, again, like I, again, much the same as we were talking about during Blizzard. Like, I, I just I don't understand. I don't get it. My brain, like, is the way my brain works just like I don't know, not able to compute why people do this sort of stuff because I just I can't. I, I just, I, I don't, my brain can't fathom not having like base human decency is, is kind of the thing I was trying to say. Yeah. So, uh, and I apologize if I say his name wrong. No, not really. Huez Rakur, I think is how you say that. Good enough. Um, Probably better than what sure. I would have done. Yeah. Um, was the former managing director at the studio and was responsible for overseeing growth and how resources were deployed across various projects. Many of the studio's workplace issues happened under his leadership uh, with a developer saying, quote, the head was rotten, so the body was incapable of functioning properly, end quote. Uh, and then a quote from Ethan from the article, quote, in response to many of these allegations, Ubisoft released the following statement. It refused to answer any specific questions or concerns raised by Kotaku based on its reporting or make anyone available for an interview. And the quote from Ubisoft says, quote, we celebrate our international culture at Ubisoft and work to ensure our teams are deeply integrated into the local communities where we operate. We do not and will not tolerate abuse, harassment, or discrimination at any level. Ubisoft Singapore is, pr uh, is proud of the studio culture that it has built over the last 13 years with 35 nationalities and talent coming from a wide range of backgrounds. 40% of, uh, of expert and senior expert roles are Singaporean or permanent residents. Compensation is determined by role, responsibility, market practices, and performance, end quote. Um, one part um, in here is we do not and will not tolerate abuse, harassment, or discrimination at any level. Clearly you do. Otherwise, this, this article wouldn't be a thing, or at least this part of the article wouldn't be a thing. Again, that, that is one that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to press X it out on that one because that is... Like it's it's been proven that that is the way your company operates. So you can you can take that comment and stick it with the sun don't shine. Uh -huh. um, the other thing that I was going to say is uh, the part where it says Ubisoft Singapore is proud of the studio culture that is built over the last thirteen years. It says with thirty five nationalities and talent coming from a wide range of backgrounds, like. Um, uh, sorry, 40% of expert and senior expert roles are Singaporean or permanent residents. That honestly, when I read that, the first thing that came into my head is that sounds like somebody who's like who makes a racist comment and then is like, oh no, I'm I'm not racist. Some of my best friends are black. <laughs> like the like the absolutely just stupid bullshit excuse. 
Right. Like, that's that's the first thing that's the first thing that came into my head when I read that is like that's not like a, a justification or an excuse or whatever. That's that's just you trying to throw numbers at me to, to for the sake of trying to be like, oh no, but look how look how we're inco- incorporating ourselves into the culture. No, you're yeah. not. Like <laughs> you're it just I hate when companies are like, Oh yeah, but look, we're doing this. I'm like no, you're doing you're you're saying you're doing that to try and make me feel bad for you or feel sorry for you when I really don't. Like it's 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 some it's somewhat the same thing as when a company's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're donating this much money to like this charity." It's like that's a nice thing you're doing. Like I'm not denying that. I just I I don't know if I believe that you are are really caring about the the issue at hand. Or if you're just doing that to be like, oh, look how good we are. We're donating so much money to this charity. Like, yeah. it's somewhat the same thing. But, yeah, I, I wasn't overly overly enthused by this quote from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Okay, this, this is where things start to get a little bit more uh, over in the blizzard realm of, of bad. Where... So I have here one example of sexual misconduct at Ubisoft Singapore that I took from the Kotaku article. Um, so HR wasn't helpful and wouldn't do anything about sexual harassment complaints. Uh, from the article, Ethan says, quote, one former developer recalled a painful incident in 2018 in which she was walking back from an elevator into the office with a co-worker who unexpectedly started rubbing her shoulders. Uh, a quote from that developer, I believe, said, quote, uh, I actually shouted at him. I said, don't touch me, stop. And then he stopped. But he followed me all the way back to my desk and just continued to try and get my attention, she said. And I was using my phone and texting my boyfriend at the time uh, to try and get him, to try and just get him to go away. But then he was like, who are you texting? Who's more important than me? Uh, some co-worker continued to her- uh, Yeah, some co-worker t- continued to harass Same. Same co-worker continued to harass her. HR tried to tried to excuse what happened and put the blame on her for what happened uh, from the article saying, quote, blamed her body language uh, or miscommunication due to cultural differences on the part of the offending manager. End quote. A formal, a formal review took months during which, during which time the manager still went to Gamescom for games promotion. The review resulted in a formal warning and compulsory cultural, cultural sensitivity training based on documents Kotaku saw. The victim appealed HR's decision, leading leading to the manager being moved to a separate building. Uh, another quote from the article saying, quote, the entire process took roughly nine months, and while the former developer said it resulted in a new formalized email reporting system for, some, for similar complaints and mandatory sexual harassment training, it still felt like an uphill battle to change the bro culture on the studio floor, end quote. And then another quote from a... I believe it was from that same person. From that yes. developer that said that it results in the formalized email thing. Yeah. Uh, so from that same developer saying, "quote uh, the training couldn't change uh, the training couldn't change a culture that's so ingrained with misogyny that every time someone comes out of their training, they just make fun of it and say things like, oh no, you complained my hair, uh, you complimented my hair, that's sexual, that's sexual harassment.'" End quote. Uh, and again, like uh, me talking now, this is this is getting into like the or is in the like absolutely disgusting realm like it's this stuff shouldn't happen it's it's so 
it's just common sense that you don't, you know, go up to somebody. Like, I don't approach strangers in the street and start rubbing their shoulders or walking up to them at a bar and saying, hey, kiss me. That's not, that's not decent behavior from anyone, let alone somebody in a managerial position at a company or just any position in a company, to be fair. Right. The part that really pisses me off about this is HR tried to excuse what happened and put the blame on her for what happened and blamed her body language or miscommunication due to yep. cultural differences on the part of the offending manager. Yep, that that is what's just like, that's terrible. That's especially egregious in, mm -hmm. in this whole situation. Like she, she came to you um, looking for help and you're victim blaming her. I, yeah. I, I think this is what people will call gaslighting in a mm -hmm. sense where you're just saying, oh no, it's your fault. You know, your body language might've made him think that it was okay. Yeah. That, you know, when she clearly told him, no, I don't want you to please stop, leave me alone. And he kept on doing it. Like you all can like, you know, go somewhere with that. Just like, just, mm -hmm. you know, you know, get what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying what <laughs> yeah. I actually want to say, but like they can go somewhere with that. That's not okay. Yeah. Uh, so now we have the the part that I just titled the guy's name, uh, Hugh Esbrecour, because uh, I wanted to especially highlight some of the stuff that he was involved in because some of that stuff is just absolutely disgusting. So when former head of Ubisoft Singapore, Rooker Huez, no, sorry, Hugh Esbrecour, I, I put his name the wrong around there for some reason, but uh, Hugh Esbrecour took over uh, from the former head of USF Singapore. One developer described it as like, uh, as quote, like replacing a velvet glove with an executioner, end quote. Reports came to light of sexual misconduct, toxic management strategies, and treating people more like resources than human beings. Developers working on Skull and Bones apparently got the worst of it, though a lot of the pressure and anxiety of working on the game came from Huez himself. Anyone who voiced doubt or concerns about the project were iced out of meetings and their career prospects killed. Uh, one former developer saying, quote, when you feel like you're going to get fired because you're saying the truth in a project, that's by definition a toxic environment, end quote. Six people that Kotaku spoke to said that repercussions could be anything from being passed over from a pay raise to being removed from the project entirely. This came alongside reports of Rukur encouraging managers to make examples of their staff and make people, quote, fall in line and promote productivity. And promote productivity. Uh, employee evaluations were largely negative under Huez. Rather than a mix of things developers were doing well and things to improve on, team leads were only allowed to give out a certain number of positive reviews, with the large majority focused on weakness and failures. This can lead to developers feeling, st feeling stuck at a studio as they think they won't be successful anywhere else. Uh, one current developer saying, quote, Huez was open in saying that everyone was replaceable and you should all be thankful to be here, end quote. And then, like I said earlier, on August 14th, 2020, a Gamma Sutra article was posted, which brought to light just how toxic it was to work in some parts of Ubisoft. It included charges directly aimed at Rakur. The outcome uh, of this was not what, is not what many had hoped for, Rakur's termination from Ubisoft, but with him immediately going on leave before being relocated back to Ubisoft HQ in France to, to become production intelligence director. Uh... When I was saying that there should be an industry-wide blacklist, this man should be the first on the list. Yep. A hundred percent. Like you're, I, again, just like I said before, the Blizzard stuff, 
what starts at the bo- at the top trickles on down to the bottom. What the mm-hmm. top allows, the bottom allows. The it just goes on down to the bottom, and then they just they they let it feed and foster, so on and so forth. And just again, just taking people off projects for speaking out on things, being laid off, so on and so forth. These it's exactly what happened at Blizzard. Just you know, I guess smaller scale because it's not as many people or whatever. Yeah. Um. But just like. And I mean, this in this case, it's not about, not necessarily about. It wasn't just about uh, like harassment. It's like, hey, saying the project sucks and then getting kicked off or fired because you said the project sucks right now. Yeah. Like again, not saying that one is better than the other. They're they're both equally bad. Um. Well, actually, no, it's a lie. Everything that happened to Blizzard is way worse. Um. But yeah, this this guy, he's just. It's just it's just terrible. And again, like I said before, it explains why things with Skull and Bones have been mm-hmm. so bad, or at least it partially explains it. When you got this yeah. guy in charge and this and he's you know fostering this type of culture, it explains why you know people over there might be so stressed on the game and just like so I guess you could say scatterbrained in terms of like their thoughts on what they want the game to be and what features and so on and so forth are gonna be in it. It's like this this studio was by definition a toxic studio kind of it, it just is by all definitions so like yeah it's good that he's not there anymore and in the article uh they say that someone else has taken his place they were like the people at singapore were worried that like some new white guy was going to come in and be the lead of yeah. the studio which ended up happening but they did say that things under this guy have actually been good they've been better than they were with um record but yeah. you know they're they're still going to be keeping an eye like to see how things go with this new person in mm-hmm. charge i forgot his name i don't have that part in front of me right now um so i mean it seems like things are seem like possibly potentially getting better for ubisoft singapore but they never should have been in this place in the first place they never should have been in this position where Again, it's a toxic work environment. It's a terrible work, terrible workplace culture, terrible conditions, so on and so forth. They never should have been in this position. And again, just anyone and everyone who in the gaming industry who embraces this type of culture, allows it to thrive in their company and encourages it needs to just be kicked out, blacklisted, wiped out, erased, so on and so forth. Wow, those are loud motorcycles and I hate them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they all just need to go. They just need to go, yep. and you know, we just need to build up from there. Yeah, and uh, and one final quote I took from the article, just to kind of end on, from one former developer, saying, "quote They love to say that when you first join the studio, you either sink or swim, and it's like that's ridiculous. It's got nothing to do with sink or swim. It's got nothing to do with your ability to do the job. It's more about your ability to be able to deal with these people." End quote, which is the opposite of what a workplace should be. You should be able to get along with your colleagues. You should be able to like go up to your boss and say, I'm having trouble with this. Could you help me? And not be ridiculed or potentially fired or anything for that. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't understand the culture of these workplaces. I genuinely don't. Again, I, I don't know if it's just because I like to think I have some general human decency, but mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't either. Okay. And moving on to our final story, which I'm going to get through very briefly because I really have been going on for quite some time. Uh, EA Play Live uh, happened on July 22nd, which was two days ago now. 
uh, in which they showed off a few things. I didn't watch the event. I, uh, I've watched a few of the trailers from this. Um, oh, I can tell you this much. You didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, that's you honestly didn't miss much. The general consensus I've seen from this is like the only real, um, or the like only like one or two real announcements of consequence or import where the Dead Space remake has been announced and is coming to PC and next gen consoles, so Series X and S and PS5. Um, I did even though I'm probably not going to play it, did watch the trailer for it. It looked cool. Um, it showed off some in-engine gameplay. Um, well, not gameplay, we're just footage. Not, yeah, footage, that's what I meant to say. Um, looks cool. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if I'm going to. I didn't play the first one when it came out. But, uh, you know, I, I might give the remake a shot. Again, my gaming palette has changed over the years. Uh, I'm still going through seven, Resident Evil 7. I need to finish that up. Um, but I might give this a shot, you know? Like, honestly, I I, get I never played Dead Space, but I liked it from a distance. I liked the vibe. I liked the tone. I liked the gameplay mechanics and everything. So watching this trailer, I was like, like I mean, everyone knew Dead Space was going to be here. Like, everyone knew it was good. It was, this was going to be the closer for the show. Um, but watching the trailer, I was like, yo, this is, this is giving me... This made me nostalgic for Dead Space in a way that I never would have thought I would be. And I was like, this is doing everything right, trailer-wise. And then IGN like had um different articles up talking about like because they talked with the devs before the um reveal and everything and talked about how there's not gonna be any microtransactions in the game. They're yeah. gonna be trying to, you know, implement different gameplay elements from some of the later games into this one and some story elements into this one. Um that way they could be like there could be a nicer a more clean connection between like this dead space and then dead space 2 um and just gameplay enhancements that will make this one play a bit better and feel a bit better but they're still trying to stay really faithful to the original in terms of again the tone and the the hud um and just everything the the audio and stuff because the audio was another thing about the original dead space that people really liked about how you hear the uh the necromorphs and vince and everything and you're just like oh, where are they where, where are they like i hear it coming from my right hand side let me see what's over there and stuff like this remake has me super excited i might give it a go yeah uh I, i'm like 99 not gonna play it there's like one part and there's one part in the back of my head that's like oh you could try it maybe um it's probably also worth knowing just for people who might not be super familiar with um what this is it is it's it's a gr from the ground up remake of the original dead space Yep. No date on uh, it though. So no, we got to wait on that a bit. Uh, next up, Battlefield 2042's portal mode was revealed and it matches to, um, I'm just reading a headline from the IGN article written by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, Battlefield 2042, Battlefield's 20, nope. Battlefield 2042's. Battlefield 2042's portal mode matches together every battlefield into one. Maybe I need to go back to like primary school and learn how to read again. <laughs> um, so Battlefield Portal is a new mode in Battlefield 2042 that lets players create complex custom game modes using assets from Battlefield 2042, Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3. There will be six classic maps, 40-plus weapons, and 40-plus vehicles from three, from three theaters of war, 
seven different armies from classic titles plus Battlefield 2042 specialists. Um, this is intriguing, actually. I, 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 I don't really use like level editor modes in games. I'm just that's not mm-hmm. really something that interests me. But right. I mean, I'll give it a shot at least. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not one to do level editor modes either. But watching this trailer, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is so cool. <laughs> like you can just get really fun and wacky with it, which I think is awesome. Like they, uh, when they were doing the talk during the event, um, like there was one mode that someone had made called Robot Man, which is basically one person's in a tank and then everyone else is playing as like the little drones from um, the little robot drones from Battlefield 3 trying to take out the tank. Mm. And it's just like, it's just goofy fun. It, it, yeah. it just, it looks like it'll be really cool. And they said that, you know, they'll, when the game, this will be their day one when the game comes out and that there'll be different, like the, there'll be dev creator modes as well for people to work with and play with and stuff. But like, they'll also be cure, having like a curated list or rotation yeah. of um, modes every so, I don't know how often they said, um, but from the community and all, I think it's really cool. And it's a really awesome way to like pay homage to some of the more acclaimed and well-liked games in the Battlefield franchise. And again, it also made me just really want to play this game. Like I'm watching the trailer. Hmm. I'm like, of course, none of it was actual gameplay. It was all in-engine cinematic yeah. footage, but I was just like, you guys are doing the right thing this year to bring Battlefield back in a way that's ne- like that has just hasn't been done before, and you're getting me on board. Yeah, no, I'm 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 definitely getting this game now. Like I I know like in our initial thoughts, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but after seeing like this stuff that has come out since then, I'm 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 for it. I'm getting this game. Definitely getting it over Call of Duty. For sure. Um uh, Codemasters reveals Grid Legends. The studio behind F1, Dirt, and Project Cars has revealed, has revealed Grid Legends, a new racing game that is set to arrive in 2022. The game will feature live action, a live-action story that was filmed with the same tech used by The Mandalorian, whatever that means. So, Yeah, cool. they mean, like, so, the, the tech that allows them to, like... If you've seen some behind-the-scenes stuff, like, basically, when they film The Mandalorian, they're not always on location. Like they'll be like on a sound stage, but there'll be like this giant screen around the stage yeah. that get that on that screen has the environment that they're in. So like uh, they're okay. able to still like see the stuff that they're like, see the world that they're in and actually act with it and stuff instead of like being in front of a green screen where they don't see any of it. So that's what the mm-hmm. Mandalorian has used. And that's what they use it for this. It's really cool stuff. Cool. Uh, it's probably another racing game I'm not going to play. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably not going to play this either, but I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apex Legends Emergence released it announced alongside new le- the newest Legends, Seer. I'm not going to read this entire thing because it's quite long. Uh, but Seer's gameplay reveal will take place on Monday, July 26th. Ranked Arenas will also be joining Apex Legends with Emergence and new maps are in the works for Arenas. Uh, and then... If you want, uh, I'll just say if you want to see a description of what Seer is or who Seer is, then you can head over to this IGN article, uh, yeah, which is like, basically just everything revealed at EA Play Live. Yeah, like the Emergence event, it well, Emergence season, whatever you want to call it, it's starting on August 3rd. Um, so next Tuesday, and Seer, he's they said that he's basically a tracker like um, Bloodhound. I don't play Apex, so the kind of like as I was watching it and they're talking about it, I'm like, okay, cool. This means not too much to me, but I'm sure this means a whole lot more to people that play the game. 
Yeah. Um, but he is a tracker. He looks really cool. I like his style. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying they're going to main him just off his looks alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that because, I mean, I, I talked about this a bit last week, but I've gotten very, very into Apex Legends recently. I'm, I'm, they released a new map uh, this week uh, called Olympus, which is really cool. Um, okay. So I'm definitely going to go back and watch that. Right. Um, EA Original Lost and Random will be released in September 2021. I have no idea what this game is. I can't, like, I'm sure I've seen stuff for it before, but I can't remember it. Um, so I, I'm definitely not the right person to talk about this, but it will be released in September. Yeah, I, uh, September 10th, September 10th for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. Um, oh, I did not look at the date. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw the, the you know new story trailer and all. The trailer had some gameplay in it as well. Honestly, I don't remember if we saw a gameplay for this game last year when it was first announced. But when I saw it, I was like, huh, I don't know how in I am on the gameplay. Granted, I was also like kind of doing stuff at work as well, so I wasn't able to fully pay attention and stuff. But um, it seems interesting. I like the style of it a lot, though. I like the art style mm. of it a whole lot. The gameplay, though, I wasn't too fond of, but I got a little more into it. But that's coming, and I think it's, I think it's cool that you know EA has the EA originals and stuff. Yeah, uh, and the final thing that this article has from EA Play Live is the Nuggets a season two is a fight at the movies in quotation. Um, the dodgeball game Nuggets a second season will be themed around movies. This new season will bring with it a new map, new gear, and a new so a new soda ball weapon. Okay, so it's funny. The movie season will arrive on July 27th. So, a couple days what? after this goes live. Yeah. Actually, the day after. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. So the day after. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am. I'm excited for this. It looks cool. The map. It. The like the map. Like it's all movie themed. This whole season is movie themed. So the new map. It's one map we're getting, but it changes. So I think mm. every time every match you play on the map, it'll be themed differently. So in the trailer, we see like. Once at one time, at one point, like the map is Egyptian themed, but then another map, another time it's themed like it's a city at nighttime, and then there's another one where it's like themed after something else. It's so it's kind of like multiple maps in one. It looks yeah. cool. Um, you can bet I'm definitely gonna play this for sure. Uh, because I, I like Snackout City a lot, it's a lot of fun. Although that game has gotten very sweaty, the game got so sweaty, <laughs> like in a matter of a month after it came out. It, people were going so hard in that game. Oh my gosh! Still a lot. Yeah, of fun. I, I, uh, I still haven't played any games after the one that I played. I, I, I need to get back into that because I, I do enjoy that game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that's cool. Okay, that will conclude the like news stories we have for this week. Um, very quickly. Uh, uh I, okay, we've been going for quite a while. I still want you to talk about near. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to hear that. However, similarly to uh, what we did last week with Kieran's thoughts, I'm going to give you a time limit for your two-minute thoughts on Nier. Oh, okay. Two-minute thoughts on Nier. I have Actually. a timer up. Okay. Um, let me know when you're ready for me to go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So Nier Automata... I have finished the first ending. I finished route A. I am on route B. And when I started route B, I got the ending for route G. So 
Um, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a game with multiple different endings. Like you do the first playthrough, but then there's yeah. like a bunch of other endings you can get as well. Because um, you start the main game, Route A, you play as 2B, the main girl character. Route B, you play as 9S, who's been hanging out with her in the first playthrough. There's another character you could play as. I haven't gotten to her story yet. But so I'm on, I started the second story with 9S. And I didn't even realize this, but I was like, oh, let me go over this way. And I went down this path and it was like credits. I was like, wait, hold on, what? It was like, yep, Route G. <laughs> I said, all right, that was a G and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So now let's continue on. So I am for, let me say, for the for Route A, for the main first storyline, the first play that, that you do. I I enjoyed it. The game was fun. It's definitely a story where I'm like, man, some of this stuff is just crazy anime stuff where I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> um, but I liked the way it ended. Um, and like some characters like definitely show, like some of the characters evolve as you go through the story. It's like, oh man, I like the way like you're, you're feeling like this now when beginning of the game, you would not, wouldn't have been like this at all. Now 9S's story it's giving you a different perspective on the exact same events that you went through with, with 2B. Because 2B did, like, you and her were together for the entirety of her store of Route A, but he might have seen things a different way than she did. So, for example, there was a boss yeah. fight that you did in an amusement park. And during the boss fight, he's like, all right, he's like, uh, when you're playing against 2B, he's like, all right, you do this, I'll do the hacking. And the boss fight normal, easy peasy. When you're doing it as 9S, as you do the hacking and you see what that is like and all. And it gives you a different perspective and you see some weird cutscenes and all. It's really cool. I'm liking it right now. Um, I'll probably finish his story much quicker than I did 2Bs. Uh, I can't say I'll finish the game anytime soon, but I think I'm going to focus on this game a whole lot more now since my Ratchet & Clank review, the goal is to have the review, the video review done and up for this coming Friday. That is the plan. I'm going to be working on the written review this weekend. And literally after we finish recording this, I'm going to edit this. Uh, and then while that's exporting and stuff, do my write it up and stuff and hopefully get the video out this coming Friday. That's the plan. And then I could focus on near. Actually, no, last stop. I got that game yesterday. I want to play that. Interesting nice. times. Interesting yeah. times. I, I honestly don't know why I'm playing next. Um, I I need to pick up Death Star. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes, you have it's Game Pass, right? Like, play it. Dude. Nope, it's not Game Pass. I thought it was. Well, get it <laughs> if you can. Yeah. Get it. That is gonna conclude this week's episode of the Play to Win podcast. Again, we've gone for a little bit longer than usual, so apologies. But it was a good conversation. It was worth it. So you got some good listening. Yeah. Uh, just. <laughs> As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayToWinGame. We'll get updates on the show. We share, you know, updates on the show. I get, I, my brain is blanking right now. I'm, I'm anyway. Subscribe to us on happens. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. You'll get you, follow us for all things PlayToWin. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and take the notification bell so you know when new videos go live. Friday videos, podcast episodes, any other random videos we might post in the meantime. And remember to share the show with anyone who you think would enjoy it. Tyler, where can people follow you? Follow me on Twitter at TylerMiller2496. Follow me over there. I like retweet a bunch of stuff, tweet about funny things, tweet about things in the gaming industry, so on and so forth. So thank you. Give me a follow, chat with me. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. That's it. Thank you all for watching. We will see you soon for more content. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.